Today, the sermon is called, You Were Made for Community. You Were Made for Community. Anybody here have a Fitbit? Some of you guys wonder why I walk so much when I preach. It's because I'm getting my steps in. Anybody have a Fitbit? Come on, let's see a show of hands. Who's got a Fitbit? Um, I love my Fitbit. Um, and, and honestly, the thing that I love most about it isn't that it counts my steps. It isn't that it gives me an average of how much movement as far as in kilometers that I've done in a day. The reason I love my Fitbit is because I'm a competitive person. And part of the app is the community. And so I have all these friends that also have Fitbits. And it takes the last seven days, and you're continuously going through the last seven days of how many steps are happening. And I, of course, always want to be at the top of that community, right? Competition, it, it's something about competition that feeds me. That's where I get my motivation. But I just, in, in saying that, I, I want to talk to you about, about community. There's something about community that spurs us on, the word says. There's something about community that inspires us to be better, to be less selfish and less self-centered. There's something about community where we hear story of people who are sacrificing and loving on others that inspires us to do the same. There's something about community that is close to the heart of God. The writer, writer of Hebrews, and this is where we're going to camp out for the most part. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. At Evangel, we don't put scripture up on the screens, and there's a good reason for that. We believe that we need to be in the habit of our own Bible, whether that's on your phone, whether that's you version, whether that's a paper Bible. We need to get in the habit of having our Bible in church, because we need to underline, we need to take notes. When the Spirit of God starts talking to you, you need to ignore me and start digging into what he's speaking and write it out and take some notes. And So Hebrews chapter 10, if you're with me, starting verse 24, verse 24, Hebrews chapter 10. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. The author of Hebrews is inspired by the Holy Spirit and has a revelation of not only the, the power of community, but the necessity of community in the believer's life. If you're taking notes, write this down. This is going to be our big idea for today. Community is a discipline of vulnerability and proximity. Community is a discipline of vulnerability and proximity. So, so why would I say that community is a discipline? Now, I want to be clear. This is going to, this is going to filter differently depending on your personality type. You are going to filter this very differently depending on whether you're an extrovert, someone who loves being around people, someone who loves just, just, you just get energized. You come to a gathering like this, 
And we break after service and people are talking and people are milling around and you're in the thick of it. You love it. It gives you life. Or you may be an introvert in this room. Introverts are those that don't mind this right now because you can sit and you can listen and no one's talking to you and you don't have to make small talk right now. You love this part of the service. But as soon as I say amen at the end of this thing, you're like, oh, here we go. Here we go. And by the time you get out of the lobby after milling around, you're exhausted. So extroverts, you're skipping to your car after service. Introverts, you're dragging yourself to your car because you're exhausted. Because this doesn't fill you. But you're going to be thinking differently as we talk about this. And the discipline of community is going to look different whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. And, and here's what I mean by that. Many extroverts, the discipline about, of community is going to be more about learning the boundaries of community. Right? Extroverts, you're going to have to learn the discipline of, of when to press into community and when to kind of back off and give people their space. All right? That, that's going to be a little bit more. Uh, many extroverts, the discipline of community involves dealing with FOMO. Anybody? Come on, FOMO. What's FOMO? Give it to me. Fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. You're going, to be, you're going to have to walk through a discipline of the fear of missing out. You get anxious when you know other people are gathering together and you're not there. How could they? You got some different disciplines you're going to have to work through as an extrovert when it comes to Christian community. But introverts, and I know I'm generalizing, but I think the writer of Hebrews was in general referencing you when he wrote, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. Because the temptation for the introvert is to pull away from community and to isolate themselves. You guys are happy to be alone. Can I, I'm an introvert. In case you're new here, I've, I've said this, I'm an introvert. I, I, I'm happy to be alone. Man, if I'm alone on my motorcycle just taking a trip, that's just like, whoo, life feels awesome. But the temptation is going to be to draw away from community. And God is calling you to engage in community. The word discipline is used on purpose. When we discipline ourselves in doing something, it's contrary oftentimes to our, our natural inclinations. And too many Christians, they've created a theology that, that I can own my own faith by myself. And, and I would say to a point, you're right. To a point, to a point, you can live out of faith and not gather with local Christians ever and watch, watch a preacher on TV and pray and seek God. And absolutely, are you going to grow to a point of maturity in Jesus? Absolutely. But the writer of Hebrews, he understood that in order to actually walk into the fullness of discipleship, the fullness of the journey God has called you to, you have to do it in community, one with another. It's a reshaping. Discipline is a reshaping of our habits and our rhythms. And here's the beauty. 
It starts as a discipline and then becomes your rhythm and your new normal very quickly. Um, I, I, uh, going along with the whole Fitbit thing, I love exercise. I like, I like going to the gym. Um, I haven't found a gym in Powell River yet. It's been almost two years, I know. Don't judge me. But when I first started going to the gym, that first six weeks was horrible. I'm not going to lie. It was horrible. And the only reason I was able to make it is because there was three of us. And we decided to do it together. And we decided to do it early in the morning. So we'd wake up early in the morning to get to the gym for five. And one of us would drive. So if you're driving, you had no choice. There was no backing out. And they would just drive straight to your house. And if they're coming to your house, you knew you had to be out in that driveway ready to jump in because we're picking up other guy. And community was what helped spark that discipline in my life. But here's what happened, and here's what I found. After a while, those guys punked out on me. But it was long enough that going to the gym was no longer a discipline for me. Going to the gym was a joy. There there comes a point in your Christian faith when you talk about all the spiritual disciplines that we're going to be talking about over the course of the next few months. When it may start as a discipline, reading your Bible may be hard at first. It may take time to build that discipline. Engaging in Christian community may be hard at first. It may be a discipline. But I promise you, I promise you, you will leave a season of discipline and as you begin to create new habits in your life, you will begin to walk into the joy of reading your Bible. You will begin to walk into the joy of spending time in prayer with Jesus and the Spirit of God inspiring you and opening your eyes for that day You will find it a joy to go to a small group or to gather as Christian believers to to talk about the things of God and to pray for one another and encourage one another. It'll very quickly become a joy. Community is a discipline of vulnerability and proximity. By, By a show of hands, and I'm legitimately asking this question, I know when preachers do show of hands stuff, it's usually a trick, and we've become very cynical. But I'm legitimately asking this question. By a show of hands, who has learned over the years the skill of being more and more vulnerable in your journey of faith? Over the years of journeying this thing out, you've you've learned the skill of being more and more vulnerable. Just keep those hands nice and high. Let me see them. Let me see them. All right? I have a follow-up question. Just keep them there. Who here has learned that skill apart from community? apart from inviting other people into that journey of vulnerability. See, it's interesting because vulnerability takes another. You can't be vulnerable by yourself. Vulnerability involves another party because vulnerability involves risk. If I could be so bold, I would say this. Your spiritual growth and maturity 
can only be as deep as your vulnerability in community. I'm going to say that again. Your spiritual growth and maturity can only be as deep as your vulnerability in community. James, he writes this in James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins. Confess your vulnerable places. Confess those things that you don't want to bring to light about yourself. Confess those things. What, what, to God? That's part of it. But what does James say? He says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. There's something powerful about confession. Confession is the act of bringing things into the light. When our brokenness remains in the dark, that's where it's empowered. That's where it, it, it remains powerful. That's where it remains a stronghold in our lives. But when we confess, when we bring it into the light in community, when we're vulnerable, we bring it to the light and that breaks the power of brokenness and broken places in our lives. And it allows us to begin to walk towards what? Towards healing and wholeness and restoration. But this takes vulnerability. Community is a discipline of vulnerability. And this discipline is twofold. Now before I go on, I, I do have a bit of a caveat. Vulnerability in community takes great wisdom. So what I am not advocating here is that we say amen at the end of the service and then you go up to a stranger and just go, hey, I have this issue. Or I'm struggling with this. Or no, 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 no. Vulnerability takes wisdom. Vulnerability takes coming alongside people that have a good track record of love and grace and confidentiality and all of those things. It takes wisdom. But let's unpack the two disciplines. They're twofold. In order to create communities of vulnerability, we must individually own two aspects of the journey. The first is character. When someone is vulnerable with you, you must be a man or woman of character and hold the confidence of that individual. The first is character. If you have a heart to see deep, intimate community in the church of Christ, don't start waiting for other people to get it all together. Own it yourself, the character of being a safe place for other people to be able to be real and to be vulnerable. Or if you're in a community group and someone shares a struggle, it's, it's not for the church as a whole. It's for your community group. They're a part of your community group because they trust that community. And it's not for everybody else. So the first is character. And here's the second component of vulnerability in community. It's risk. It's risk. Vulnerability means risking. How can I know if I can trust him or her or them? Can I let you in a little secret? You can never know. Can I just throw that out there? So what do we do? Do we just draw away and isolate and just try to dog it out on our own because we can never know? 
Or do we walk in the skill, do we walk in the step of faith of risking vulnerability? And this isn't about just coming out with everything. This is about entering into relationships where you peel away a layer at a time. Right? How do you know if you can trust someone? You trust them. And they can either hold that trust or they can break that trust. But from the outset, how do you know you can trust someone? You, you just have to trust them. That's the risk of vulnerability. And you, tear, you pull these things a layer at a time as you, as you journey together in deeper trust, in deeper intimacy. And perhaps you've been hurt. And most of us have. And so when the opportunity presents itself for community, you instantly tell yourself, when, when, when the opportunity presents itself for friendship, you instantly tell yourself, I know how that story turns out because I have a hurt in my past of a friend that betrayed me and hurt me, and I'm never going to let that happen again. And cynicism becomes our new normal. And so when that friendship, that opportunity for friendship, we keep that at arm's length. That, that community, they hurt me. And so when the opportunity presents itself to enter into fresh and new community, you tell yourself, you're taping your heads going, I know how that story ends. That story ends with me being betrayed and me being hurt. And so cynicism creeps in and it stalls us from entering into something deep and vulnerable and real. For some of you, it's church. For some of you, it's church. And part of your story is church betraying you and hurting you and not being wise in their actions. And so when the opportunity extends to be a part of a community of faith, you hold it at arm's length and arm's distance because cynicism creeps in and begins to tell you, I know how that story ends. And then fear begins to stunt our growth as believers, holding us back from vulnerability and community. It's time to risk again. How can you know if you can trust someone? You can't. You have to risk every time. You have to risk every time. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. You risk because there's healing in confession. There's healing in communities of faith that are vulnerable and real with one another. You risk because the reward is so much greater than the risk you are taking. Community is a discipline of vulnerability and proximity. And I'm not going to spend very long on this. But this is by far the area of community that I personally struggle with the most. Proximity. Proximity. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Do you see those two words, meet together, meet together. And this doesn't just mean Sunday morning service. This happens whenever and wherever believers meet together. Notice how this verse ends. And all the more 
As you see the day drawing near. What, what day are they talking about? They're talking about the day of the return of Jesus. In other words, double down on meeting together as you see the day of Jesus' return drawing near. Proximity. And here's why I've struggled with proximity. Because I can very easily justify having fantastic friends in my life over the course of my life. I have some fantastic friends from high school that I'm still friends with who know me better than anybody. I still have some fantastic friends in ministry that I know and they love me and I am real with them and they're real with me and we go deep. And so what I can very quickly do is I can go, you know, I don't need intimacy of community here in Powell River because I can pick up the phone and I can call someone. Uh, I, I can... I can meet up with someone and we just pick up right where we left off. And that's a treasure and I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing that, okay? That's a treasure and that's a gift. And if you have relationships like that, that's beautiful. But there's something profound about proximity. There's something profound about regularity. When we find ourselves in community that's face-to-face, And in a generation where we're pushing face to face further and further away, church, as you see the day drawing near, double down on community. Double down on meeting together. Double down on being vulnerable and real with other human beings that love Jesus. Because there's growth. There's an acceleration of growth in our journey. There's an acceleration of maturity in Jesus when we do it one with another. Community is a discipline of proximity. There's a need in our lives for regularity, for, for consistency. We need to go deep. We need to be real. Real. 